What's up, snitches? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Gossip with Meredith and Steph. This week, we are back and we're recapping The Bachelorette again. Mare, what's up for Gossip of the Week? For Gossip of the Week, we are going to be discussing the Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio drama, and there is a lot of it. And then we're going to move on to Taylor Swift re-recording her old hits. Now let's get into it. So before we get into the Bachelorette recap, we just want to let you guys know that me and Meredith are having some technical difficulties. We're having to do the podcast recording over Zoom, over recording from our phones, not together in the same room, which is horrible for us. When I tell you that this is just so not sitting well with me, it doesn't feel right. I feel like we should be taking shots. We should be running around crazy amped up before like our normal TikTok. oh yeah having our let's gossip business meetings like all sorts of stuff like that the reason we're having to do this is because obviously we didn't have a, a episode last week because of thanksgiving and we couldn't go a second week without having an episode for you guys and that also comes to the point of we can't be together because there's been some COVID scares around town, okay? We're, we're all experiencing <laughs> it, and it's really hitting home for us right now. Um, so until my ass goes and gets tested, we're not recording together. So hopefully for next week, we are back in business in our usual setup. So let's cover The Bachelorette. First off, Chris Harrison is getting the boot. He's out this week. He's taking his kid Josh off to college. We knew it was coming. <laughs> And we knew it. But thankfully, <laughs> yep, he is being replaced by the OG JoJo, our girl. If this would have been any other person, I would have been like, no, bring Chris Harrison back. He's our main man. The fact that it's JoJo, I'm like, JoJo, honestly, you can be here to stay and I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, you could stay a while and we wouldn't be mad. So she gets the very first date card and she announces that Zach is going on the first one-on-one. We're pumped. We love Zach. He's growing on us for sure. He's been something like surprises left and right on how much we're liking him. Complete surprise because Zach, when I first saw him when he was on Claire's season, I thought he was kind of like, I don't know, like a Wells, like nerdy, cute, nerdy. But now when I see him with Taysha, he's like Mr. Suave and like super mysterious. And that's what Taysha likes about him. She thinks he's so smooth. And it's like, what? This Zach? Like Mr. Cool. He is coming out of fucking left field and he is killing it. Yeah. He's really killing it. And so their date was literally um, taking like fake photos in a wedding dress and like them like at the altar. Now, right away, we all know that Taysha's already been married and divorced. Seems to me that the, all the other guys right now don't know that about her, which I don't know how it's not common knowledge. Right. But so her having to obviously go into this like fake wedding photo shoot for her first date with Zach, she's not feeling too good about it. No, she's feeling really, really uncomfy. And it's blatantly obvious. Like she wasn't covering her emotions at all. And I get that the date is uncomfortable. Like I totally understand why she wouldn't be like all in, but she's not even like being able to fake her emotions in this one. She is so uncomfortable this entire time. No. Yeah. And normally she's really good about like kind of hiding them and like making it enjoyable for everyone. It's like, no, you could read it all over her face that she was not loving it. And he was probably thinking like, okay, um, is it me? Like, right. Like, no, she's got some trauma here. This is bringing back some fresh wounds. <laughs> yeah. 
So the day ends up turning out okay. The pictures turn out fine. The whole thing is pretty shallow conversation, I would say. They're just, <laughs> you know, like embracing what's happening in the moment. They're not getting really able to like connect on this date or really like chat either. You know what I'm saying? Like there's someone facilitating yeah. the entire date. So it's not like they're getting a whole lot of one-on-one time here. Yeah, no. And that dude was on level 10. <laughs> right. Like this isn't like yeah. they're going, even horseback riding is better than that. I feel like posing for pictures for a fake wedding, it just doesn't sit well. No. However, then we move on to the dinner date. And this is where we get into the meat of the relationship. We learn a lot about Zach here. <laughs> so not only is Zach hearing from Tasha that Tasha's explaining, you know, why she was being all weird during the photos. She's like, I've actually been married before. And Zach drops the bomb and says, well, so have I. So immediately I'm feeling better. <laughs> I'm personally understanding and feeling better immediately for her. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, him. okay, perfect. And also this is the second guy now that she's met, like, out of the boys or whatever, had, like, a one-on-one that's also been married and divorced. So she's like, oh, even better. Like, we can relate on that level. Totally. And then he starts explaining his side, you know, like, what caused his divorce And Zach has been through some hardships. A lot of hardships, in fact. Zach has his own fair share of demons as well. Yes. I'm like, whoa. We'll quickly recap. Basically, Zach had a brain tumor at 23 years old. Right after that, he got married and then he kind of battled addiction with all the pain meds. He got a DUI and then his wife left him and then he was in rehab. I mean, he went fucking through it. I mean, for good reason. I mean, like imagine getting diagnosed with a brain tumor at 23, like your whole life would be flipped upside down. That's what he said. He was like, it was a perfect storm. And he like, he was like, I completely spiraled. I lost complete control of like myself and who I was. But the thing about Zach is he like owned it the whole time. Oh yeah. That is my favorite point about it is that like He never once talked badly about a single other person, especially his ex-wife. He was like, it was completely on me. She, it was not her fault whatsoever. Like this was not her problem like to deal with. And I loved that. Right. And I feel like that point alone really shows how much Zach has like healed. Now he's 36. This happened when he was 23. It's been over 10 years. He's really a different person at this point. So, so people on Twitter were saying that this was a red flag, but I feel like Taysha appreciated knowing and like at the end of the entire conversation they connected more she thought like she understood him more and it seemed to be him coming forward about this all turned out to be a positive after that they seemed really super close and then they went on a ferris wheel and it was so cute they were like giddy i it was honestly perfect for both of them like they really like it was cute and it was deep you know what i mean it wasn't so surface level which i think that's what she wanted out of him and that's probably why he got this one-on-one date and i appreciate bachelor for once like talking about the tough conversation for real you know like like addiction the black lives matter it's like usually they'd cut this shit out yeah 100 percent. and this is only the beginning <laughs> And then we move on to the group date. So the group date is they're like a nudist, like drawings and like emotional, like art kind of like class thing. They walked in on two people like butt ass naked posing together. And to kick it right off, we have good old Bennett. He sees Noah sit down in the seat that is placed right next to Tasha and tells Noah, get up. This is my seat. And Noah gets up and leaves. I think that Noah was so like caught off guard by this entire thing with Bennett. Yeah. Because it's like if he knew what was happening and that Bennett was blatantly just stealing his spot right next to Tasha, I feel like he wouldn't have moved. But Bennett made it seem like 
this is the rule. Like I'm meant to be sitting here as if like the production made him, you know? For real. And that's what I was thinking too, watching. I'm like, wait, is his, are there name tags? Like, is there a name tag on the seat? Like name tags. I'm like, Noah was so confused by this entire thing. I think he was genuinely just like dumbfounded that Bennett was even saying it, that he thought- It must be true. <laughs> it must be true. Because why would he move? Yeah. He wouldn't have. There's no way if literally someone had told me to get up like that, I would ever move. I'd be like, go fuck yourself, actually. I'm not, I'll stay even longer now (laughs) exactly like the way that Bennett talks to him sometimes it's like it's not like it's blatant it's a dig you know it's like I don't think Noah knew what was happening no but at the same time Noah's not the brightest light bulb in the box okay nope (laughs) absolutely he's not the brightest light bulb in the box And so what really got us was the guys had to go around they had to do like a portrait representing like themselves and who they are And each guy had like the most like personal, meaningful stories, like about the hardships they've gone through in life. I'm like, whoa, I loved it. Me too. I loved every single thing about it. I mean, from Brendan holding up the frame, talking about how he wants Tasha to be in his life, roping her into it. Blake talking about the turtle doves that mate for life, (laughs) search their entire lives to find their woman. I mean, like literally (laughs) Riley going really deep and personal about his mom. I mean, tears were close, people. They were at the edge. Yeah. And the thing is, is like I try to imagine myself in their shoes and I'm like so weird about talking about my feelings. I'm the, let me just I'll admit to this. I'm going to make a confession. I'm the weirdest fucking crier you will ever see. (laughs) I get so weirded out with my own crying that I'm just like, I can't. I keep, I always try to hold it back and then it just is so. It looks painful. It looks painful, (laughs) Meredith, and scary. It is painful. It's scary for me. I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) No, my mom will like literally call me out and she's like, it's okay to cry. I'm like, "Mm, doesn't seem like it to me. I'm the weirdest crier, but Steph will cry anywhere anytime in front of anyone (laughs) on the drop of a hat doesn't give two fucks and honestly i wish i had that because it's like you don't give two fucks i'm on the complete opposite and i give too many i was gonna say that i would also suck at this because i'm the least creative person (laughs) or you know what i mean like when it comes to drawing and like pulling shit out of my ass like this i'd be like I thought when I heard like personal portrait, I'm drawing myself, like my face and my hair and like, you know, like drawing a a head (laughs) headshot. And then I'm like, oh, we're bringing our deepest darkest secrets out on national TV. That's cute. For real though, we are really making metaphors out here. People are drawing trees and birds. But you know what? We loved everything about it where I wish they did this more often. Like, I feel like I know the guys way better now. I'm like, okay, we we never get like the personal side of anyone's, their childhood or anything like that. Totally. And the person that made, I guess you could say the biggest impression, the most surprising impression was Ben, because Ben just said, let me get butt-ass naked, here I am, hear me roar. I mean, what? I When I saw this, I was so confused. He literally put on a robe backstage, like, excuse me, ran, put on a robe, and then just dropped the robe butt-ass naked in front of everyone, all the guys, Taisha. Like, these are me breaking my walls down. I have a conspiracy theory about Ben's choice to be naked. And I thought about it, and I haven't told you about it yet. What? So Ben was the last to go, right? Ben was the last one to go. And Ben, you guys should go back and watch it. Ben drew a picture of himself with hearts all around it. Do you remember seeing that? No, I know. I think- And the whole time he was, like, panicking. He was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like, everyone's got this stuff. I'm sitting here. Like, I don't think mine's enough. 
Right. And then I go, did he just make that up? Right. I wonder if he literally drew a picture of himself, heard how everybody was being so creative, making these analogies, making these metaphors, and he said, fuck it. I will go get naked because my portrait here is not going to do it. Yeah. That's immediately when I was watching it, the thought that popped into my head. And I'm like, I would do the same thing. I would be the last one to go and be like, oh shit, I literally just drew a headshot of myself. Like, I thought you meant personal portrait. Dude, Like, I felt him the whole time. I'm like, shit, we need to discuss this. I need the actual, like, the rules written down. For real. Like, I wish someone would have That's told hilarious. me everyone was writing deep things about themselves and painting murals. But Taisha gets, like, super overwhelmed with all of this, and she runs out crying. And... I wish she could have like waited to run out crying instead of like right after Ben got naked because that was just like, okay, sick. I literally just dropped my robe and now you're going to dip. And anywho, it, it turned out to be a really positive thing. She was crying because she was just felt so overwhelmed with the guys being so vulnerable with her, which honestly... I would, too, imagine being Tasha and hearing that in person, all of those really deep things about each of the for guys. Sure. I mean, like... Like, no one saw it coming. I felt like it was a lot for me, and I'm just, like, watching it, like, little clips of it here at home. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> that's that's a lot to hear and a lot to process, you know? And it was sad shit. <laughs> but, however, the night continues, and they all move on to the cocktail party after the group date. So Ben pulls Tasha first at the cocktail party. And that's where he tells her that he's got this eating disorder that he's been struggling with for like years. 15 years. That's a long time. And that's why he's so into fitness. And that's why he's so ripped is because he was the chubby kid. That's so sad. I was even wondering, I'm like, geez, he is really into bodybuilding and stuff. Like even on TikTok and Instagram. And I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. It's a body image thing. Right. And what I loved most about this, once again, with the deep conversations is like, I feel like there's such a stigma around eating disorders as if it's like only a woman's problem or only girls have eating disorders. And it's like, Ben is a ripped grown ass man being like, um, no, I have problems with my body. Thank you. And just saying he's gotten over it. And he's like, so proud of how far he's come. I mean, come on. Like, I don't know a single guy that talks about it or anything like that that has an eating disorder. Like, the only people I know of are women. And it's like, I would never have guessed that of him. Like, I would never have thought he had an eating disorder growing up. Like, for like 10 years. So naturally, Tasha ends up giving the group date rose to Ben, which she did scam me and Meredith again because she said Riley's name first. Oh, I hate that she does that. And we thought she was picking him. Every time. She got me again. I literally jumped up and I was like, woo! And then I go, oh my God, no, she's doing it again. I thought that Riley could have earned it. You know, it's like, yeah, sometimes when she talks about the other people, I'm like, oh, they're not getting it. You know, yeah, she's just calling them out just to, you know, talk about them. But like Riley almost had it there. You could read it on his face, like the disappointment. Like he just was like hand on his like face, just like bent over, like so just disappointed. And that would suck about being on The Bachelor or Bachelorette because it's like you think you have such a good conversation, but it's like someone else's conversation could be a little bit better. But you think your conversation went so well. Yeah, and you have no idea. And so then before Tasha wraps up the group date, she calls out Noah and Bennett about like noticing that there's drama going on here between the two of you, all the digs back and forth. I've noticed it and I'll be sure to get to the bottom of it. And then leaves. I loved this moment so much because she called them on their shit. It's like so many times the bachelor, bachelorette just plays dumb. 
Peter. Remember Peter and the drama between them? It was like, let me listen to this person and yeah. let me listen to this person. It's just like back and forth. Like, I don't know what's right. Tasha is seeing it and she's like, okay, I can see you guys acting weird. Cut the shit. She spoke to each of them like throughout the like cocktail party individually and she never brought it up purposely to save all of the other guys' time. It's like, I love that she waited till the very end before the night was over and then just said, you know what? I'm not gonna ruin everyone else's night, but you two, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> loved that out of her she is nailing it this entire season for the most part yeah like in my eyes 10 out of 10 so then we move on to the next one-on-one date which is with our man easy and we were super excited because it was like a ghost hunting like adventure like haunted house theme like running around the resort at night and i immediately was like easy is the perfect person to pick for this kind of date because he is total crackhead behavior like just out of this world energy so charismatic like i knew that he would be like so funny on this date and he was they were both having like the best time oh yeah he was so funny he was screaming louder than she was they're like jumping and grabbing each other like it was so cute and looked so fun i feel like that's also a great like first date for them because it's not awkward whatever and that's immediately how you would get comfortable with someone it's like you can't help but being like super crazy in yourself when you're getting like screamed at by dolls and shit by the fake ghosts that the bachelor production made up i mean like yeah yeah (laughs) so anyway their date is pretty much just screaming and yelling and them laughing and having a good time and then we move on to the dinner date where things are about to get a little bit more serious um easy starts to drop the bomb i saw it coming the way he was talking about her before going into it i'm like he's gonna say something he yep. shouldn't and he says to Tasha at dinner that he's falling in love with her i mean we've seen this before i don't know how we feel about it when i heard this i was immediately triggered because i knew that this was a mistake for multiple reasons I will never say that owning up to your feelings is a mistake. I mean, easy if you feel that way, fucking tell her. But here's what I think went wrong. Number one, I think they have zero chemistry. Like, they are not a romantic couple where I They're can, friends. Like, they're buddies. Friends, they're buds. Like, I, their relationship is so, like, surface level and it's not really that deep. And I don't feel like they could have gotten there based off their past interactions and this date. I mean, like, they've never had, like, a deep moment like Zach or Brendan or Ben. And I also don't think there's, like, that sexual attraction there where she's, like, dying to make out with him like she is with Zach. Uh, So that's reason number one. Right. Reason number two, I wonder, because it's just, like, based off their past interactions, like, are you falling in love with her? You know, I feel like I don't know if he was saying this because he felt he had to, to continue on the show. Yeah. They always want you to be so ahead of the game with your feelings, like, be so vulnerable. Tell her exactly how you feel. Like, tell her you love her. They always force that on the show. So I think Easy was thinking in his head to continue on and to make an impression with Taisha to stay on the show and stay in having a fighting chance. I need to tell her I love her. And then it completely backfired. It's always like either you say it too soon and then the other, the bachelor or bachelorette feels uncomfortable because they're like, um, I don't feel that way towards you whatsoever yet. You're saying it a little too early. How could you even feel that way about me yet? Or they're saying it too late. And then they're like, they send you home because they didn't get enough vulnerability and right up front. So I don't know. You got to do the perfect balance here. And I mean... That's got to be tough. I don't blame you easy. Like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing either. And it's also like, he wasn't asking her to say it back. He's not saying, I'm deeply, deeply in love with you. You're the love of my life. He's like, just saying, 
based off of like how I'm feeling so far, I feel like I'm falling in love with you. Not asking her to say it back, obviously. He wouldn't be expecting right. that. And what does Taisha do? Grab the rose right in front of him and send his ass home. Walked him out. She's like, I just, I can't make take you to a rose ceremony knowing that I don't feel the same as you. I'm like, what? in two seconds, you completely flipped. Exactly. He's like, it went from great to goodbye. The date they were having so much fun. Nothing was weird. And then all of a sudden he was going home. And he even says, he goes, Tasha, is this real? Like, what? I thought we just had a great time. Going into the dinner, he's like, I feel so confident after today. Like, it was so great with her. No, he gets sent home. I was like, what? Oh my God. I felt so bad. I mean, it was just painful to watch it happen for real. So after Easy has been sent home, there's been some rumors that have come to light, which could have been the reason that he hasn't had a lot of screen time the past couple weeks and that he got sent home so abruptly. Because I mean, everyone was shocked no. by this whole decision to send Easy home. Yeah, it made no sense. Yeah, and it just makes it look like he was getting sent home because of him saying he's falling in love with her. But it also would be surprising to me of Tasha to be immediately like completely put off by him just by him saying those one things. Right. He'd be like, fuck, I'll take it back then. I'll just take that back. Pretend I didn't say it. For real. Like, I thought that's what you wanted to hear. <laughs> right. And then it cuts to all of the guys in the house. And prior, well, he was on their date. They were all like... Easy has this in the bag. He's 100% coming back. And we all felt the same way. I thought he had it in the bag too. I'm like, shit, Absolutely. yeah. Easy's got this totally. one. Totally. I would have never seen this coming and neither did the guys because when they came and took his bag, they were all shook. Beyond shook. And I always feel bad when they go home because it's like, you know, they don't get to say goodbye. Isn't that kind of fucked? Like they're all friends. Pretty fucked. They just always take the one bag and it's like, I get it. You can have your bags packed, but it's like, can't you come say goodbye to all the people? people that you became friends with yeah and imagine like all the, i always think like they're living out of the suitcase like in the hotel room like this is their spot for like months for or, like at least a few weeks and imagine every time you go on a date with them you have to pack up everything i'd be like okay the amount of shit i brought and it's probably all out you know you've been living there right you're not, they're not <laughs> even traveling to other cities and packing it up it's like okay so every time i go on this date i gotta i gotta pack up my shit right and also it's always like the one fucking carry-on <laughs> i mean what it's like a tiny little suitcase. I mean, okay, it, this is, it's gotta be fake. For real. It's, it's definitely for show. And they let them pack their yeah. shit up later because, I mean, for the guys, it could be a little more understandable, but yeah. they all have a million different suits that they bring. So that wouldn't fit in there. But for girls, I mean, we're talking eight to 10 gowns. The fuck? Heels, jewelry, hair shit, makeup. I mean, oh my God, where would I begin? I would need to pack literally weeks out to make sure I got everything. Okay. So then right before the rose ceremony, Jojo comes in to address the guys and pulls Bennett and Noah for a two-on-one before the cocktail party and the rose ceremony. And we know what this means. Only one person gets the rose. So Bennett and Noah show up for their two-on-one and Something that bothered me with this whole thing is that Bennett keeps acting as if he has no knowledge of any beef or any tension between him and Noah when he has nonstop all week been like shitting on Noah and throwing in little digs left and right. Right. And it's like, now you're going to act that way. And it, it's also like all of the guys, all of us watching can see all the things he's doing and they all notice that it's digs at Noah, obviously fighting with each other. How is Bennett just oblivious to the fact that there would, there's anything going on here? It's like, it's pretty obvious to everyone else. <laughs> 
that you don't like each other. Exactly. And it's like, Bennett, I get it. You're annoyed that Noah, you know, shit on the guys. Like, I would be annoyed too. But it's like, Bennett, you're caught up in the drama. You don't hear anybody else talking about it. Literally, no one is bringing it up at all. And Bennett is relentless. Little jokes, little digs. And even Noah said something. He's like, dude, all right, I get it. Like, you can stop with the little digs at me 24 7 seriously like get off my fucking ass like okay bennett too far i get it too just like you said it's like he fucked the guys over for no reason telling taisha all these lies but it's like bennett it affected all the other guys too and you don't see them consistently just pushing and pushing poking and poking noah right like drop it he already fucking learned his lesson if he acts out again fucking say something other than that you look like an ass. Right. Like, Bennett, I used to... Well, I still do at some points. Like, his little rich boy arrogance that he has, like, to He's everything. Hilarious. I loved at the group date when they were doing the art. And, you know, Bennett was like, our house in the mountains and our brownstone in New York and our house in Malibu. I mean, like, that shit's funny. But it's like he constantly is acting like he's better than everybody. And that's what gets annoying. Totally. And, and then Bennett just furthers this annoyance when he brings a gift for Noah. And at first when he brought it and the what he was saying about how he wanted to essentially squash the beef, he didn't want any bad blood, he didn't realize that there was so much tension, I was almost believing him. Me too. Where he's like, all right, if we leave out of this, I want us to just be like, we're okay with each other, like we're neutral. Or I'm like, okay, maybe he is just trying to be like serious for a minute, you know? Um, the complete opposite. Mayor, what was in the fucking package? Let's start off with number one. He packs a red bandana. And I mean, whatever. He's like saying that's like the first time they met each other. That's what he had on. I don't know. Something weird. This is where the insults and the digs begin. He gets a pair of socks of his that were washed and they have mustaches on them. And he goes, the only place a mustache should be is on your feet. So immediately digging at his mustache and it's like, you know what? It's funny sometimes, you know, if like other people are going to like mess with you and pick on you that like you. But at this point, if I was Noah, I'd be like, I fucking had it. Who cares about the mustache? Get over it. Oh, the mustache thing sent me so far over the edge. I was so pissed. I was, I literally would have been like, I'm not fucking staying in this room with you. Like I'm leaving. I'm not going to, why would you let him continue to walk all over you? It's like, no, I don't fucking need this. And I don't want to pop off and fucking go at you because now I'm going to be the bad guy. It's like Noah for like not speaking and just controlling himself as much as he can. It's like that's what's making him look better. Here. Right. He deserves a round of applause for the way that he handled himself when getting this gift. But then it gets worse than the socks. <laughs> it does get worse than the socks. You're correct. He gives him a book of emotional intelligence and then proceeds to explain the four different types of emotional intelligence and then he really just sends it home by saying noah you are deficient in three of the four i mean he couldn't be more roasted condescending (laughs) like exactly i mean wow master manipulator because he had me going in a fucking full circle here i'm like wait you want to be nice Okay, weird. Then, um, okay, rude dig out of nowhere. And then he really, like you said, brought it home with the emotional intelligence book. Too far. Why would you also do this right before Tasha's about to be in the room? It's like, he's like, I don't give a fuck if I go home. It's like, you know she's going to ask what that is or that Noah's going to tell on you for it. And that is something that 
Tasha's already so beyond annoyed having to even have this conversation, let alone we have this on top of it. Have you learned nothing? I think Bennett just thinks in his head that he has this so in the bag. And so Bennett and Noah start going at it. And then Tasha walks in the room and they immediately start bickering in front of her like siblings, like little digs back and forth. The whole 14-year-old conversation got brought up. Read the room. Read the room. It's like she doesn't give a single fuck about your little petty drama. Not one. No. And then it ends with Taisha pointing at the present on the coffee table across from them and says, what is that? What is in the box? And then it says, to be continued. Oh, she's going to lose it. Lose it. So for Gossip of the Week, we're going to start off with Dixie and Charlie D'Amelio, them being canceled and then uncanceled. So I'm going to give literally the fastest backstory of this entire drama. Dixie and Charlie were in a YouTube video that portrayed them in a negative light. One of them being Charlie, where Charlie said, wouldn't it be cool if I reached 100 million TikTokers in one year? And then Dixie, when she spit out food that a chef made her. So both of these circumstances got them in some hot water. And this is all from like a 15 second clip. It's like, this is a short clip of them at dinner with their family and these two little comments, like things were done. Right. And no one can stop talking about it. And this all started off because Trisha Paytas, she posted a TikTok saying like, how disgusting is the D'Amelio's behavior? And this is what started the cancellation. I mean, everyone was attacking them left and right, saying how they are so ungrateful, how their behavior is disgusting. All sorts of things from a 15 second clip with their family. And they're like 16 and 19. like. And Charlie literally lost a million followers in one day from this 15 second clip. So when I first saw the original clip that Trisha posted, I was with them. I mean, I don't think they should have been canceled, but I was like, ooh, not a good look. Yeah, I agreed. I was like, okay, you look like a spoiled brat. You do. Like they, it did come across that way. But after Dixie and Charlie explaining themselves and stuff, it's like, dude, you took a 15 second clip out of context of me at dinner with my family. Right. Like, I didn't say anything wrong the whole charlie thing is so stupid i get why dixie was getting hate but what charlie said is literally so stupid that she was getting canceled for it basically her year on tiktok was coming up she hit 1 million subscribers a year ago and she's at like 99.8 million subscribers and she's like wouldn't it be cool if i got to 100 that's it it's not like she's saying she's not grateful and that she hates everybody she's just it's just a goal and she's like it's just an even number it's a hundred million like that's a huge goal what the fuck who cares yeah yeah so that whole thing was stupid but then dixie explained her side of the story about how dixie basically if she doesn't like food like naturally just gags and pukes And it's funny because we actually have friends like this. Like, if they literally get even grossed out or smell anything disgusting, they'll literally puke. Like, out of nowhere. It doesn't take anything. And so, knowing this behavior out of Dixie and how she literally pukes if she smells or tastes something disgusting, naturally... They feed her snails. And it's like her family chef. That's a big thing too. It's like, not like her parents made the dinner or whatever. It's like they have a chef, a personal chef. But he was, like you said, literally making them snails, gave her snails because they knew she would gag. It'd be perfect for the video. It's like, let's gross her out. Exactly. But all we see is literally her 
like looking at them trying them and like throwing up over them. So it looked rude to the chef for sure. But it's like once she explained herself, it's like, okay, whatever. And honestly, it's not the end of the world and everyone's acting like it is. So then let's continue talking about Dixie real quick while we're here. Um, she once again released a new song. I can't believe this girl's even making music, but whatever. I, I also, I'm just being a hater to be a hater. You know, like, good for her. Fuck, she's making a ton of money. Dixie creating these songs reminds me of, like, when every single main character of a Disney show all of a sudden had, like, a CD. Like, is that not it? It's Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, Hannah Montana. Every single Disney star that was, for some reason, had an album. They, they're able to sing. Every single one. How convenient. Every single one. How convenient. <laughs> Yeah, I'd go fucking grab a mic, too, and drop an album. And you know how well I can sing? Exactly. And Dixie literally just said, hey, let's create the most generic song and send her. And that was Be Happy. (laughs) It's like, so there's Be Happy. I don't want to be happy. This song, the lyrics are, one day, one day, I was really, really, really sad. That's literally it. You don't want to be happy. You're really sad. I mean, I get it. Are you just pouty McPow? Like, (laughs) fucking Dixie is Eeyore, dude. Just gloomy all the time. Rain shadow above her. It's like, well, no wonder you don't, you're just really, really fucking sad. You don't want to be happy. It's like, wake up and smell the flowers. (laughs) And so everyone else is feeling the same way too. They're like, (laughs) okay, this fucking song. (laughs) I saw this, this TikTok. They go, the fact that this song wasn't nominated for a Grammy is disgusting. The lyrics are so raw and emotional. I was like, cause they're the most basic, bland fucking lyrics. Like, Straight, simple. I would just love a spice up of the adjectives or like emotions. It's like you're sad and you're happy and you don't want to be either of them. And that's enough talking about the TikTokers right now. So moving on, Taylor Swift has now been able to re-record all of her old hits that Scooter Braun took from her, whatever, bought from her. She's been waiting so long for this. We've been waiting so long for this. And we're not even big Taylor fans, but the songs that she's re-recording are when we were huge Taylor Swift fans. Like, these hit home, they spark a little sentimental peace inside of you. You can't say they don't. Absolutely. Like, hit the nail right on the head. Like, when all these songs were coming out, loved Taylor Swift. Now I'm grown out of her, but whatever. I still respect. Respect. She started off with re-recording Love Story. And I mean, she couldn't have chosen a better song to re-record first. This was just ultimately so perfect. It's like, this is how everyone knows her. It definitely took me back to like 2005. (laughs) When that music video came out for Love Story, remember where she's wearing, it's like the Romeo and Juliet and he's running to the house. I've watched it a thousand times. A thousand times. And it's like, that is so vivid in my memory. I can recite every single word. Because we love music videos and we always have. Always have. Here we are, 23 years old, still remembering that music video from like, what, middle school? Come on. Yeah. I want to pull it up right now after this. (laughs) For real. (laughs) I mean, holy shit. No, and you know how on TikTok there's always those trends where it's like, put down like your finger if you know this song, you know, or whatever. They didn't know like teardrops on my guitar. They didn't know Tim McGraw. They didn't know her OG good ass. Do not back to December. But like you belong with me. Remember that music video? Oh my, Mare. And you're telling me that the youngsters right now on TikTok are saying that they don't know these songs. They don't recognize them. They don't know them. And I'm like, how old are we? So when I say that 
they can't even appreciate these songs coming right back, like no, coming it, back out and being re-recorded. You can't even appreciate it. I don't even want any of you to be right, fans exactly, of like, it. It's mine. This is for <laughs> our generation right here. So that is a wrap on Gossip of the Week. Missed you guys so much. I mean, not filming for one week really took a toll. Really took a toll. And so we are happy to be back. So we will see you snitches next Thursday for another Gossip Update. Oh, I song is Slim's Green Doors. <laughs> Oh, excuse. <laughs> God damn it. You have my respect.